lovely. Right, okay, should we get going? I'm ready. I'm ready. Gorge. Right, okay. Welcome to Safe House. Let's get into it. In the Safe House studio for season three, we have Viola. Hello, Poppy La. How are you doing, honey? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm feeling fantastic. Lovely. So, first of all, pronouns. Tell everyone what your pronouns are. He, him, and she, her in drag. When I'm in drag, honestly, I don't I don't mind. If you want to call me he, him in drag, I'm not going to get offended because I'm very aware that I don't do drag for feeling like a woman. I do drag for looking crazy. So and she does. So I think the best way to introduce yourself is for you to introduce yourself. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, why you're here. My name is Niall, but in drag I go by Viola, and I am a currently going into third year in textiles and practice in Manchester Metropolitan University. I'm a singer, a violinist, flautist. Don't we know it? Yes, you do. She does not let us forget and, it. And um, my main passion in life is is drag and singing in drag and performing. And that's why you're here. Yes, as a creative. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's um, a creative. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Viola for president <laughs> of the United Kingdoms. 20 on TV by 40, I will be the next PM. I think you should. I think you should go for it. I like to start by, especially with the guests that I know quite well, which I do you. Yes. Um, obviously. Viola is my drag sister. Yes. We started... Well, this is what I was going to say. So I like to start off by talking about how I know my guests Mm. and what is your experience? What is your first memory of how we met? Like, did you think I was horrible? First memory (laughs) of Poppy was a really bright orange coat. Oh my God. Yeah. That's my Ariana coat. Is it? Yeah. So I walked into the upstairs, uh, the VIP as they call it, of a... I was going to sign all the documents for my first drag job. At, um, all those documents. All those documents need to be signed. All those PowerPoints need to be gone through. And, you know, all the, all the uh, terms and conditions we need to go through. The, for the social media terms and conditions. Yes. <laughs> and I sat down a bit late. And I sat down. And the two of them were there. And they were both looking very scary and intimidating. Scary? <laughs> yeah. Scary? I mean, at this point, I didn't know you were together. That is so very true. I thought it was just, oh, these incredible two drag queens who are both older than me and I'm sure have been doing drag for longer and know, know more of the ins and outs of the adult world. To the, to the first one, true, old, been doing it for longer. Older, not for, old. For the latter, absolutely not. None of us knew the ins and outs. I think we didn't no, know but, what was going to hit but, us. But I had, I had not ever been into a nightclub when I met you. Oh my God, that's so true. You make me feel so old. Yeah. <laughs> I always no. forget how young you are. <laughs> it was really scary because I I had no idea what I was getting myself into with this work because the only mm-hmm. work I had done before was singing in a choir. Mm-hmm. So when it was actually going to be like employee work, I was very scared. And then after I met both of you, and I remember getting both your Instagrams and... Because it was on the hush-hush that me I, and Holly were together I at the very to beginning. I had to keep it a secret. Because I, I don't even know, I, I'm not too sure on, on what situation it was that we told you. I think you must have asked us, we must have gone I think I just said, do you know each other? Yeah, because I swear there was a clause in the contract that said, amongst all of the clauses that we had to sign, there was definitely a clause in the contract that said that you weren't allowed to date or have sexual relations with other colleagues. I swear, I swear. Well, that went out of the window quite fast. But we made it... Not just talking about you. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we made it aware, because we were together before we got there, so we made them aware... 
But so. you told me on the first day, and I felt very honoured to know that. We knew the tea straight away. Yeah. We knew. And then um, met all the other staff, and we were the we were the new girls, weren't we? Mm-hmm. The three new girls, and trying to claw our way to rise and fame and stardom. And how did that go? <laughs> well, for the time we were there, to absolute shit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, like from from where we both were then mm. to now, like, especially crazy. your journey through drag is just like absolute light years difference. Yeah. So, and also I don't feel like regret for doing that job because I don't think we would have, it, it was a way into the village. It was a way into the world of drag because especially for me, not for Holly, cause she's a, an owl bitch and she's been doing yeah. drag for a stupid amount of time yeah. in and out of the house. But especially for me and you, yeah. We got our star. Yeah. And I'd only been out in drag twice. Are you a Halloween baby? No, I'm a musical theatre baby. When I was 18 and going out in drag for Halloween, I looked trashy. That's because you used to wear cardboard wigs. (laughs) (laughs) That was an artistic expression. That's that's the creative and that's why you're here, really. The real reason is the cardboard wig. Do you still have that wig? No, I've been to that. I've still got the cardboard box. I just remember that when we were working at... And it was towards the end of your journey. There was a night that, because for some reason, they took a disliking towards you. They had a different dislike. Do you remember when I sat down? Queen on the chopping block every week. Do you remember when I sat down on This is what I'm talking about. The cardboard wig has reminded me of this story. Yeah, they took a disliking to a different queen every week. And it just so happened that Viola was getting the brunt of most of it. And she was was getting sick of her life. And I could tell. And you just, ca- I could see the life draining out of you and you just oh. cared less and less about what was going on every single week. Yeah. And um, on the door, no smoking. Yep. No talking to people for too long. Yep. No drinking. Yep. And no sitting down. <laughs> and I just remember through the grapevine, I'd heard that Viola <laughs> got caught sitting on one of the bollards on Canal Street. <laughs> and uh, she was getting the sack. <laughs> You were, uh, please don't put this bit in, but you know, I it was I <laughs> in my first um, expr- ex- yes, <laughs> not the day before, the night before, and I was in cruise because I saw you in cruise, yeah, and you were there wearing black and you were in the black and white wig. I can't remember, but oh, I, it could have I been remember, any number of nights. I used this to was that wig. this was when we were friends, but we weren't. I don't think we'd ever had a night out together or anything. No, no so no, I, I so. saw you looking incredible in drag, dancing around in cruise. And I was off my tit. And I was feeling all my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. th- to be fair, at this point, because there were pit- I've already spoke about in, in season two when me and Holly were speaking, we'd spoken about the competitive element of it and how they're pitting each of us against each other. Yeah. So originally it was me and Holly. And once Holly had left, it was then me against you. I, don't, I never felt that way. I did. Did you? I did. Do you remember when we were uh, rehearsing for the 80s show? Oh, and God. we were... <laughs> No, because okay, you know, you know the beginning of that song. I can't remember. What they were being nasty uh, to you. But they were using me to be nasty to you. And I remember that, the beginning of that song. You turn around for like the first thirty seconds, and you just bop success. It. We've got and success. I was being screamed at left, right, and centre. You were doing the choreography. I was doing it as much as I could. No, you were and doing the choreography. I just think they were just being nasty. Yeah, <laughs> for no reason. And I don't. And I think it's because I told them that I couldn't. I had to go to my brother's graduation the day before Pride. God forbid anyone have any plans. So 
I was being mentally tortured for that. I ended up backing down and cu- yeah. and leaving the gra- and not actually going to the ceremony mm-hmm. just to come to some shitty rehearsal for a performance mm-hmm. that we never did at Pride. Exactly, exactly. So the endless rehearsals that people oh. rehearsed for and then never, yeah. So naive as well because I never worked in drag before. I'd never properly worked anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of going along with whatever they told me. And I think because yeah. I was young and naive, they exploited that. Yeah. And like, listen, we're not here to like, yeah. we're not here to trash talk anything or anyone or whatever. But I think it's important for your trajectory to talk about the journey. Yeah. And it is, it has been a journey. And also it's how we met and our experience with yeah. each other and how like we, we kind of like banded together after. Yeah. And even during the times, I, I remember after Holly had left and I was nearly getting the sack, I called you on the way back in tears yeah <laughs> like, many many a tears phone call they've just sacked me because i've asked for too much holiday mm-hmm. and all this all this drama as, as to why i was going but and on then, a zero hour contract on a zero hour contract where they who, were accepting who's it to all, say how much time you take off when they were all okaying it mm-hmm. okaying the time i was taking off so uh, it just felt like get rid of viola and then when i properly talked to her to and was like, I really want to stay. I don't. I, I'm really sorry that I've made the mis- these mistakes. And he was like, Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll see what you can do. Got the, a message. The from- level of gaslighting, like for you to have to apologise for anything yeah. in that situation. But I just, I just think that the feelings of, oh, I really want to stay, wasn't really. I want to stay. It was more so. I want to do drag for yes. a living. Yes. Because we were doing drag for a living, and it was amazing. And it was one of the hardest things for me to do to step back as well. Mm. Like I cried, I cried multiple times and got more hours because I wasn't making enough money. Yeah, you were doing lots of performing. Exactly. So it, must, it was a it was a fun job to have to. It was great down. performing every day. Like the queens that get to perform every day for their life. I know it, it's hard graft, but like there's worse jobs. Yeah. Than doing your hobby for a living. Yeah. It's phenomenal, and I. I cried multiple times to management about how I was struggling to balance uni and also the commitment of, of performing for a living and making sure I was at rehearsals and learning everything and this new show is coming and this new show is coming and it was it was so hard. I feel like you had to be like 120% in it mm. and that's hard when you're not getting a lot back. Yeah. And that was the be all and end all. It was hard. So I know how you feel. By the By the time I left... Mm-hmm. By the time I voluntarily left, I was secure enough that I was going to get some form of drag work yeah. myself. I knew it wasn't going to be as much and I knew mm-hmm. I probably wasn't going to be getting the same kind of income. Mm-hmm. But I I wanted to have security in that I was going to work still, mm-hmm. even if it was once every two weeks. Yeah. still going to be some sort of consistent gigs going on. Yeah, And that did happen and it's only been going up, up since then. Exactly. Mm. So I want to talk about, because there was a moment when you were going to move out of Manchester. So obviously we love Manchester. That's where we met. We have a family here, friends yeah. here, and our lives revolve around being here. If I plucked myself out and put myself somewhere else, I think I would struggle a lot. Yes. You were going to move to London at one point. Yes. I was only planning to stay in Manchester for one year because I, I came here to do a foundation in art. Uh-huh. And I was going to move to London to do acting, actor musicianship, to be precise. And after I got this new drag job where I met you and Holly, I just thought of all the opportunities I'd be missing, mm-hmm. especially with... It was mainly just a, it was mainly just about working in drag in general. It wasn't mm-hmm. specifically that I knew I wanted to keep stay in that job and Well, you'd made such forever. a stamp already. Like, mm. won the competition. You'd made so many enemies. 
<laughs> You've got to stick around to see how exactly. they react to the fame. <laughs> and also, at, by the time I had been performing in drag, I had already had some worries about whether I wanted to go into a degree in performance. Yeah. And once I started doing performing in drag, I realised that I much prefer this than any form of education I've had before. But it's education in itself. Exactly. Like, the best education that you could have had for performance is performing for a living. Mm. Starting at the, at the bottom, working your way up, learning things along the way. As, as shit as some of the jobs that you've had, not to, like, beat you down. <laughs> So you've had shit jobs, but we've both had past. shit jobs. It's all in the past. How much have you learned from all of them? Yes. Every single I job? Wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. No? At all. Not. Because I met you guys. I met so many good queens mm-hmm. working there, working along the street. Mm-hmm. That's where my education has been in. Where do you think you'd be if you weren't in Manchester now? Like, if you had left? If I had moved what, to London. Where do you think you'd be now? I don't think I'd really be doing drag, I think. No? No, because the college I was going to move to was in some small little town about... 45 minutes outside of London so it wasn't in London you would have made the trip I would have made the trip but your love of drag is insane yes but back then it wasn't back then it was it it was a job and it was a small interest in drag and it was a consistent job Mm. and I thought this could be fun if I hadn't started off in a consistent job in drag I don't know if I would have actually put the effort and time in to get myself to a level where I can go to venues and be like book me for this one night like Mm. I do now yeah so I don't know if I would have properly got into the, the London scene, mainly just because I think the opportunities I had along Canal Street were so learning based that mm-hmm. I needed that learning to to get good. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, she does. Oh, girly whirly. <laughs> she didn't so, learn. She she is now the teacher. But she tries. <laughs> she tries. I need a drag child first. Do you want to be an auntie? Absolutely bloody well not. Tell me a little bit about. So obviously, once you leave a residency, because you don't have a residency anywhere. I don't no. think you. I don't think you ever have since the beginning. Um, no, I haven't. I suppose you've got Bridget. I've got Bridget, which is once a month. Yeah, but there's no sort of contract with that. It's mm-hmm. just kind of a general. Oh, we book you once a month. Yeah. How do you find that? My question being, how do you find the, I guess, competition of finding, booking, looking for gigs and getting attention? Well, I think it's all about how you brand yourself and what you do, because Mm -hmm. bookers and venues want to book types of performers, really. There's the different bars along the street and across the country that entertain to a clientele. So there are bars who want to have performers who will get on stage and sing and speak for an hour and make jokes and entertain a crowd and keep them engaged. And And then avoid those venues at all costs. (laughs) Well, I I love those kind of gigs. Yeah. Because I love chatting and talking about myself and talking about Mm -hmm. which next song I'm going to sing. Then there's the kind of venues who want you to be booked for a single spot number. And that's when you need to... They're my favourite gigs. Yes. That's when you need to create a song that is entertaining from beginning to end. So I think it's important as a queen to be versatile in the kind of performing you do, but still specialise in what you prefer to do. Yeah, I think so. So so people know what what your niche is. When they come to a, a yeah. Viola show. But then, because there's so many different types of drag performance, you need to be clever about where you're putting your time and effort into. So don't try and work at a bar that wants to have long hour sets if all you can do is lip sync. Stuff like that. You are right. There's certain venues that I wouldn't go to mm. because they're not really catered towards singers, like your clubs. Yeah. I wouldn't. Like, when I did Cruise, 
it was fantastic and it was so much fun mm-hmm. but i knew that i had to compete with a crowd that expects a dance routine really. absolutely so i knew that i had to make sure that when i brought the violin in it was really it was really tasteful and it was really entertaining and then when i was singing i was still being really active in my movements and my mm-hmm. dancing and stuff i feel like you're right in the sense of the the certain situations and scenarios where it feels more like a fight than it does a performance because i've been in exactly the same situations but i don't think there's anywhere that you would go that you wouldn't be able to get their attention because yes it's hard and a less experienced less talented queen might not be able to win that fight but i don't don't think that's you i think you'd be fine i've that's i think that's due to the fact that i've in the first in my first year of working in drag I've been rushed in in so many different scenarios. I yep. hosted a live game show. That was really fun. Big in Japan. Do you remember? Yes. About that? Yes. That was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was the first show I did with Auntie Ginger, mm-hmm. who's practically my drag mother. Uh-huh. And back then was very, very helpful because I basically said to her, look, I want to be self-employed drag queen and I need some help in how to get into it. So mm-hmm. she was like, we need someone to cover these shows. Come do it. And, and that's I'd, it. Yeah. And in the drag world, I think you learn on the job. There's no lessons. There's no, you you might have like a mentor or someone who can talk you through it before you go on. But there is no experience like having a live audience watching you speak to them. Absolutely. There's nothing that can prepare you to that. There's certain gigs that, on that, there's certain gigs that I would, because I was talking to Banksy's partner, Ville, about Albert Schloss. Yeah. And how now I use Albert Schloss to trial new numbers. Okay. Obviously, this is my favorite venue to do. Absolute favorite venue. The audience is amazing. The staging is amazing. Mm. This the the stage team, the crew, like the people who do the lighting and the sound, and they're phenomenal. So professional. But I use it to trial numbers because why is that? I think I think because it's such a large audience and it's such a it's such a good energy in the room, and I can kind of rely on it being a good energy in the room i I can bounce off them and they're a really reactive audience yeah so i know when something is good there's there's numbers that i've done there over and over Mm. and i've done them again and again mainly because i do a number and banksy goes that one's really good do it again yeah (laughs) i mean fair enough but i like to try on numbers there whereas vil says she she is the most nervous when she does albert schloss is it because there's that pressure of a crowd that is already so excitable and loud and feeding off the performers if you don't keep that going when you perform, then you know that it's been unsuccessful? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just, I think it's funny how how different queens tackle different venues and shows. Like, for instance, there'd be queens that have a, a dead set set list and they don't waver from it and they do the yeah. same things or there's queens that have I do this set at this bar and this set at this bar and it literally just depends on what type of queen you are and what you do I have a similar not similar but I have my own process yeah and my process is I bring new numbers to when I'm doing spot numbers mm. so if I'm doing a spot number in a bar for example Union Cruise yeah. Roger Presents or something I know I've not done any recently but that, uh-huh. that kind of gig where it's a single number yeah. I always make sure it's new things that I'm doing mm-hmm. because a number on its own is a lot more special and you can have an outfit dedicated to that one number whereas the gigs I do more regularly which are like 20, 30, 40 minute sets I don't want to do a new number in in there because it's just not as special because it's it's back to back with loads of other songs and it's easier just to do loads that I've done already yeah 
So See, for me, it would be the complete opposite. So Abel Schloss is different. I, that's a completely separate entity in itself. New Union, I wouldn't do numbers that I haven't done before. But it's because the audience is filled with people that I know. So I want to be the best and know that I've done it before and know that everything's going to go right. Whereas my version of that is it's full of people I know. So I don't want them to I don't want them to see me doing something I've already done before. Right. But okay. neither way is right or I wrong. Haven't, I haven't song repeated in, in Union yet, but I would much prefer if I had a whole set to slip a new song in there mm. to see how it does against the rest. And if it does go wrong, like you said, you've then got a song coming straight after that you know is going to do well. Yeah. That's like, my thought process behind that yeah but this is what i mean every queen is different like, like cry me a river i sang that ages ago yeah uh, sorry i sang i sang that so much about a year ago uh-huh. and i sang it in like probably about four or five different venues along canal street never mm-hmm. actually done it in new union uh-huh. but i know that the crowd that the new union brings in some of them probably would have seen it in a different venue already so you wouldn't do so it. i wouldn't do it i treat every venue like if you're coming to another show in a different venue and i'm there like that's your own problem I'm just, <laughs> that's, that's your fault yeah. I'm just aware that like the, the brewers crowd and the union crowd are very similar again that's that's a them problem well <laughs> well we work differently absolutely this is what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. Um, okay where yeah. were we at Take yourself back. You've finished. You're a self-employed drag queen. Yes. First show. So, and the first show that I had creative control over was That's my a big one. was my first show at um, House of Bridget. Now, I won the drag competition at House of Bridget in November 2021, and that's when they booked me for hosting the Christmas show, which was called Dragmas, and that was with sounds three... like a horror film. <laughs> it's a show I don't want to be part of. Christmas Tra- and <laughs> drag queens. Keep it me was out camp. of it. It I just lovely. hate Christmas and I hate drag queens. It was also the first <laughs> time my my brother, my dad, and my mum saw me working mm-hmm. in drag. They are some of the most support. You'll see if you watch if you watch Queen of the Universe, yes. and we'll get into this very shortly. They a completely very very talented family, and also <laughs> some of the most supportive people. Yeah, continue. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to say. So yeah, I kind of had control over how the night ran. There were four of us queens and I asked them, oh, you know, do you want to do your three songs back to back or do we do them one one on their own and stuff? And no one really cared what happened. So I I decided that we were all going to do spot numbers, then a break, then spot numbers, then a break. And then I was going to do a set and then we'd all do a number together. And it was really fun having a nice environment like House of Bridget where it's quite low key. Mm-hmm. It's also in a different part of the of the city. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to be intimidated by any regulars of Canal Street walking in and seeing me host a show probably terribly um, <laughs> for the first time. She was a baby. I was a it baby. Was very early on. And um, apparently I, I seemed so old. I mean, like, we all know that I look older in drag. But Baby Chino, who was one of the queens that night, was uh-huh. the first time I'd ever worked with her. And she thought I was, like, 25. And I was 19. <laughs> I mean, so old. 25. Compared to 19. I'm 25 next year. Yeah, but... There's no you're... year, but... <laughs> <laughs> You've dug yourself a hole there, madam. Old compared to 19. Fair. I'm hiding behind this microphone now. (laughs) (laughs) She's a bitch. So I think it's important to note, and I I want to like put specific emphasis Mm. on creative control. Yeah. How important was creative control and gaining creative control in your drag trajectory? Before I had properly done a show where I spoke a lot myself, I don't think I really had any sort of personality because the only interactions I had with people were on the door and people Mm -hmm. on the street 
who were probably drunk already or didn't want invalids. To... Yeah, either plebs. Exactly. Horrible. Scoundrels. Um, either drunk already or didn't want to speak to a drag queen. Yeah. So it less I... less even to a drag queen in a cardboard wig. <laughs> <laughs> She's a repellent. Oh no. You're not going to live that down, you know. So. I loved that look. It was definitely outside the box. <laughs> That's all I'll say. You're not the first person to do so. Anyway, go on. So I learned all these kind of skills of how to get someone's attention really quickly. But then transferring that into a show where I wasn't feeding back from anyone. Obviously, there were the people I could see if people were listening to me or interested. But it wasn't a conversation. It was me just talking to people. Uh-huh. So I kind of had to uh, take all of those things I learned from speaking to people and getting their attention and then transfer it into a into a performance. Uh-huh. So because an important thing you said there was that learning how to get people's attention quick, yeah, doesn't transfer on stage. No, because you have to maintain that. Yeah, because attention. when you're when you're speaking on the door, you can say the same thing every ten seconds to someone different. Correct. Being able to write my own show basically in terms uh-huh. of what happened when was really freeing, and I really really enjoyed it. And that's when mm. that's when I kind of thought, yeah, let's proper devote some time to this craft because that's when she flowered. Exactly. I bloomed to the house of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I was setting you up. And I'm just thinking of the gigs I did after that. I did a charity event, which was fun. You did Bury Pride. Did Bury Pride. All kind of, yeah, I didn't really do many spot number shows after that. After that, it was all kind of 20 minutes on a stage. So. Mm-hmm. You did Drag Idol. Did Drag did Idol. well at Drag Idol. Drag Idol came, yeah. Came Big soon. one. The Crown and then Drag Idol. Mm-hmm. So Crown was a fun one because I had never been in a competition where you were given themes for a song each week and that was great because it kind of made me think about concepts more in performance you know it set you up pretty well yeah really miss queen of the universe 100 percent, absolutely like thinking about a song verse by verse by chorus by verse you're not thinking about oh i'm gonna do this one in my whole set and then this one song by song you're thinking okay where's the storyline every 30 seconds not every five minutes so it's kind of changing the way that you create a performance and engage the audience and knowing that different crowds need different levels of engagement at a 30 second point or a five minute point Mm -hmm. so really knowing your crowd and what kind of venue you're in was important and i felt like i had a good experience especially in that first year of performing Mm -hmm. with a residency and with big in japan and Bridget's and The Crown and then eventually Drag Idol. Yeah. Drag Idol was like put it all into one with concept performances but for a long period of time but not a ridiculously long period of time a 10 minute slot where I need to introduce myself do a few songs keep people engaged tell a few jokes and all of those skills were put into one so mm-hmm. by the time I did Drag Idol I thought yeah here we go I'm, I'm ready for the world I'm ready for the telly yeah. ready for the universe exactly and it was a few weeks after the Drag Idol final that I got the call let's talk about that let's talk about that so yeah. we've been gearing up you're here because you're creative but something very big has happened in your life yes queen of the universe yes season two season two she's here she's out for the world to see we both auditioned yes we i will did. put it out there into, i remember into the universe. i remember when we were calling and we were um saying oh they might have two uk queens as well imagine if we do it together it's mortifying, it was, isn't it? But it was stop the interview now. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. Neither of us knew any way it was going to go. I just, do you know what? I didn't think. This is no disrespect to you. Mm. I didn't think 
either of us were going to get on. 100%. Because... I did not, it, I did not believe I was going to be anywhere near that call until it happened. I wasn't... I definitely wasn't ready. I think seeing what you pulled together, I don't think I could have done that. And you, bitch, you pulled it together. It was just... Because you were in a di- completely different point in your yeah. drag journey then. So... When you got the call. When I got the call for Queen of the Universe, within one year... I've started working drag for the first time, won this competition, left that residency, done loads of other things, and at the one-year point, I'm on a TV show. I I could not believe it. Because, yes, on the show you said, I've been doing drag for two years, but only performing in, in drag for, for about a year. Yeah. Insane. But yeah. Just, it just, like, shows how, like, incredible you are. And, oh, like, I think, I think you already had the performance and yeah. the the musicality... And definitely the musicianship, mm. to use Trixie's words. It was just, yes, exactly. And then um, it's just transferring that to a drag act. Exactly. Which um, I learned to do. Very quickly. Yeah. Very, very quickly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you did. You did. Absolutely. Um, so let's start with the first. Let's start with getting there. So yeah. you get the call and they tell you. You've got, can you say, is it three weeks? Uh, How long have you got? Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks and a few days. So you get yourself together. Mm. Initial thoughts. I cannot do this. (laughs) Initial thoughts were, oh my God, this is not the way I dreamt it was going to be. I thought when I got on a TV show in drag, I would already have loads of costumes ready to go. Mm-hmm. I would have loads of designers I'm already in contact with, people around me who have done this kind of thing already, and I had no contacts. I had no nice... nice. Well, obviously, I had support from friends, but no one that had... I remember the, the, the phone call. I need this, 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 and this, because I'm going on a cruise. Yes. Hangs up straight away. No! I'm to that bitch. No! That's, <laughs> was that what it was like? I no, came I'm over. I'm we had a bottle of Prosecco. Yeah. Do you remember? I mean, we can only say that you told us you were going on a cruise. Oh, yes. I told you I was going on a cruise. <laughs> no, they, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can say that. The producers know that people around me would have to know. I mean, you, you had to, we had to mm. lend you things. Exactly. And the only people I told were my close family and then anyone that was helping me out. Mm-hmm. So... And also... I don't even think you actually said the words before you went. No. Because it, I knew. I'd, I'd auditioned for it as well. Yeah. I got a call for it as well. And you knew fumbled what kind of time. Fumbled and fell. Yeah. And I knew oh, when the no, call was... No, not fumbled and no, fell. No, I, I did. I wish they had. I wish they had recorded. They have it somewhere in, in the in the, <gasps> in the Paramount Plus. The world, of, of, the world and wonder of it what all. What song was it from Dreamgirls again? It was Listen. Listen. And I got up five minutes before the call. <gasps> threw on a jumper. And... Uh, I could hear, practically hear Holly cringe through the wall. Oh, no. I just screamed my way through. It's fine. It's fine. But when, the point I'm making is, you didn't need to tell us. We knew. Yeah. When I did that first audition, I sang One Night Only. And my now ex-boyfriend was with my parents. In We were having dinner in the kitchen. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, right, I'm just going to have to hop off for this call. And I left them, left him with my parents there and went and sang One Night Only for a bit. Absolutely. Good segue. Tell me if you don't want to talk about it. As a close friend of yours, yes. I'm aware that just before your Queen of the Universe journey started, yeah. you had obviously quite a turbulent time. Yes. Relationship-wise. Yeah. I know from being close to you 
that and I, I tell me if I'm stepping out of line, but I think it fueled you for certainly fueled a, that first episode. At least the first episode. Yeah. What was that like? Do you want to talk about it? It I really I felt cheated of, of the moment. Okay. I felt cheated of celebrating this fantastic success in my drag life mm-hmm. because even though I was dealing with all the stress, I was so excited by the show. So why every day was the most prominent feeling in my head of heartbreak, not happiness that I'm on the TV show. Yeah. I just felt like why why couldn't that sad period of my life come at any other time so that when in the in the month I had to prepare for the show, I could really just focus on it and not be dealing with my own things going on. And also I moved flat in that month and also my granddad had his funeral. Uh-huh. In that month as well. So it was just so much going on before the show. You were tested. Yeah. Tested. And I, I really wish that I had no other priorities mm-hmm. during that time. Breakup included, all the other stuff that was going on. I wish it was just five weeks of me being able to completely devote every day to designing, sewing. But you did. I did. And at, the reason I bring it up is because it's it's not, not to drag you, not to yeah. drag up old emotions, but because of the journey that it took you on. And that it did, because yeah. I think it did, it fuel, did fuel you and it gave you a fire yeah. and gave you a lot. I mean, not to say it was it was kind of, you know, transactional, but it gave you a lot to work with. Do you want to know? And um, I'm good at spinning things and making yeah. things positive. Yeah, and uh, the, the worst thing could have happened: car crash, plane <laughs> crash, you know, like earthquake, yeah. lost all your family, and I'd be like, "Well, um, insurance, <laughs> <laughs> insurance claim." Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad that I was really able to express those feelings on the show, and it, for, and for that storyline not to be there on the show as well, because yeah. on episode one. There were so many things talked about with me, about my parents being there, me playing the violin, me only doing drag for a few years. They could have gone there. They they could have gone there, but I was very aware that I didn't want to let them go there. No, of course. But um, one of the closest people I was with on the show was, was my vocal coach. They had two vocal coaches and my vocal coach, uh, we had a little rehearsal before we went out and sang Lay Me Down. Mm-hmm. And literally a minute before I went on the stage, she came up to me and said, who are you singing this for? Just think about that. And I went out there and... She won. I've won, babe. <laughs> Um, I went out there and I was so terrified. So the first thing I thought of was let's completely imagine that I'm just on my own right now because I love singing on my own. And if I do that, I'm not talking about ignoring people because I still love to make eye contact. The answer to the question that you were asked, I'm singing for myself. I'm not that kind of person. No. That's, that's, That's what I sing for now. Yeah. That's how I sing the song now. That's how I sing any love song now. Yeah. Because it's about my journey and my, my life. Yeah. But back then there was too much going on a in lot my of head. Angst. A lot of angst. A lot, a lot of teen of, angst. And a lot of um just sadness. Yeah. Through that song, through that beautiful Sam Smith song, I was able to express. And I'm not worried about this going out to no, no, no. people. Absolutely but, um, not. That song, I, I was completely thinking about all the things I'd been going through mm-hmm. in that time. And I wasn't thinking about him. I was thinking about how I am going to grow from the situation. Yeah. Was the show a blessing? Because it allowed you to express those emotions. Because I I can speak for the both of us, I think, in that music helps in the hardest times. Yes. 
I've been broken up with, and I'll tell you this story, it's mm. so funny, just because you, you know you've shared, so I think it's only right that I share as well. <laughs> it was Valentine's Day, horrible. Valentine's Day 20, I want to say 2019, just before lockdown. Yeah. I had a Valentine's show. It was my second no, that's, show. that was the year before lockdown. Was it? Mm-hmm. It was 2020. Okay. It was February 2020. February 14th, 2020, I had my second drag show with my drag mum, Rain. In Leicester. In Leicester. It was called Heartstrings. Mm. Fabulous show. Fabulous show. I did two numbers, an Ariana Grande number, and then I did Listen, Get Away. (laughs) Done it many times since. And I got broken up with on Valentine's Day. And the show was the day after. Obviously, I'd invited him there, and he still came for some reason. Still came to the show, but came halfway through. I let him in i said because we had a break in the middle so he came at the break in the middle we were outside just chilling and whatever and yeah. you know people were smoking and such and then um, came up to me and i was like i'm in the middle of a show right now go with my friends go and sit with my friends because we had mutual friends or people that i'd introduced him to anyway and i said go and sit with them and then just enjoy the night yeah got up to do my second number listen and i'd just been broken up with the day before i just remember there's a line in it and i forgot what it is now I followed the voice you think you gave to me. Yes. That one. And I looked him dead in the eye and pointed at him. Oh, and go on, girl. <laughs> when I came up, I didn't get off stage. I burst into tears at the end because the audience was like, it was a really, really good audience. They were cheering and clapping and it was so overwhelming. It was my second time in, doing a drag show and I just burst into tears and I was like lying on the stage. This footage, I'll show you after I was just lying on the stage, and then when they managed to get me off the stage, one of my friends ran back backstage, came and found me, and was like, oh, in tears. And I went outside, found him in tears, and I said, I'm at work, you need to go home. <laughs> oh, my God, why did I expect... You know, if that was me... <laughs> If if my ex-boyfriend <laughs> cried at me singing, I'd be like, I love you too. <laughs> and I never saw him again. <gasps> You're kidding. I never saw him again. I have exactly the same story. Drag Idol Heat Final. The day it happened. Uh-huh. Do you remember? I do. And I was singing I Will Survive. And in my I Will Survive medley, I sing Selena Gomez, Love You Like a Love Song. And on the lyrics, You are beautiful. Like a dream come alive, incredible. What did you do? I, every single time I perform that with him in, in the room, I've always looked at him on those lines. Uh-huh. And after the show, he came up to me and said, um, you didn't look at me. And I didn't even know. I didn't even notice or realise. I'm sorry, the cheek. I think he took me for a little bit of a mug. And I thought he Absolutely. thought I was going to be all devoted to him and everything. And no, he probably pissed me off that day. So no, you aren't fucking you are Oh, you know what? He, he messaged me today. So he saw my performance of Lay Me Down. And he messaged me saying something like, this was so good. The dress is gorgeous. Trixie looks amazed and stuff. And I said, oh, have you watched the full episode? And he said, no, I was meant to work yesterday. And then, I have a lot of anger for this man. Um, unfortunately, he is going to be there on Sunday. That's okay. Because it's my viewing party. Yes. And also... And, well, it's yours, but you know what I mean. I'll but, be your bodyguard. You know, the other thing, bearing in mind, he was there at lots of my gigs whilst we were together. Of course. But he has not seen me perform since 
Roger Presents One Night Only. Well, he's in for a big surprise. Back in May 2022. Maybe we should do, um, uh, I dug my keys into <laughs> the side of his... I just really dig it in there. Yeah. Just well, scream, no. we'll get on the bar, smack I, him. I don't want to... Thing is, I want to perform "Lay Me Down" on Sunday again because it's my it's my yeah. Queen of the Universe song, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna sing it, and I'm not gonna look at him, and he's gonna realise that even though a year ago I was singing it for him, mm-hmm. he don't mean shit to me no more, honey. And that is on growth. Yes, that's on growth. That's not on growth. That is on sorry. Yeah, awakening. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I'm like that. Uh, that is just that song originally was for me to express myself. It's not that I've grown and it's away from him now. It's just that it's not about that time of my life anymore. It's about honestly the way I think of it now is um, about my granddad. Yeah, at the time because you know I can't lay by his side anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's who I'm singing it for now. Yeah. And, like, we've gone all around the house. Yeah, we have. But going back to what my question of, do you think it was a blessing, the show? The show has given you a new purpose for that song. Yes. And a new idea of what that song means to you. Yeah. That's, like, priceless. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's that on that bit. That song's going to stay with me for the rest of my life now. Exactly. Same with the Queen of the Universe cast two version. On Spotify now. On Spotify, on Spotify now. Spotify now. Now available on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> no but, um, one needs to hear you that close but up. <laughs> just to go in a bit more about the blessing thing. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it's not. Re- I can't regret it because I didn't control it. No. Um, there are things that I resent about that time. Uh, things that happened that I resent. It was really refreshing spending three months talking to my friends all about my feelings and everything, and then having such a big distraction of Queen of the Universe, then going to see all the queens mm. and have it all be internal. Yeah. All the feelings be in my head because it, I think it helped a lot to not speak about it because I, I didn't want to tell the queens about my breakup. All these people that I'd just met, I didn't mm. want to go and tell them all about how sad I've been these past few months. Debbie Downer. So it was quite nice to have these special feelings of really heightened emotion mm-hmm. be expressed to everyone, to the judges, to the other queens, to the audience members mm-hmm. who didn't know what was going on. Yeah. That was really nice as well. That's a really important thing as well is... You don't know what's going on in someone's yeah. life. So they just think it's a great performance. <laughs> Whereas, I'm I'm, I mean tired. every single one of those damn words. like <laughs> Literally. But that's so good. Like, yeah. And you can tell as well. You are a good actress. So I think the performance would have been the same. But for you, it's so much more of like an, an experience, emotional experience. Yeah. And it, it, it means something to you now more important than it did before. And the other thing that I'm really proud of is that I have never been one to... Obviously, we've had chats before about like me trying to be positive all the time and stuff. Uh-huh. But back then, I was just full... I, it, it was so overwhelming, the sad mm-hmm. feelings that I couldn't let them be quiet. Uh-huh. So I'm really proud that the song that I choose to reflect upon the relationship isn't a angry breakup song. Mm-hmm. It's actually a song of, oh my God, I was in love with someone. And like, that is, that is a, such a special feeling, regardless of who the boy was. Yeah. That's an experience that I've shared myself. And the song that I choose to mm-hmm. reflect on that and express myself about that breakup is yeah. actually of how much love I have felt in myself. Mm-hmm. Rather than, I hate you, I love you. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Exactly. Because that's not how you felt. No. Yeah, and I was going to be honest uh, back then of me wanting to say "lay me down" was "can I lay by your side?" Yeah, those were all those were all the things I I was feeling because I'm not going to be I'm not going to be embarrassed about the fact that three months after the breakup I was 
still hung up. Hung up, and I don't think you need to be either. No, no. Okay, moving. I'm a very devoted person. On. Yeah, you are. You yeah. are. But right. we will. We will move swiftly. On. Yes, because we'll we could about... do. The, we could talk about it all night. God, and... I haven't talked about it in ages. I know, but this is it. It's it's important to talk about the things that affect everything, everything yeah. that's going on, and that was a big part of going mm. into the show. Yeah, that kind of shifted your where you took it and yeah. how you felt while you were there. Let's just talk about the show. Okay, let's dish. Where do you want to start? Let's start. With you were there. All the bloody outfits I had to produce. I got given twelve themes. Uh-huh. There were the excited, the ones that I had ideas for straight away, and there were songs and outfits that I had no idea for. Now, out of the 12 outfits, eight of them were, sorry, seven of them were matched with songs. Yeah. And five of them were not matched with songs. Going into the show, what were you most excited for? Which one was your most, you're like, this outfit and this song is going to fucking slay? Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay. Yeah, so I was meant to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow on episode six. No. Yes. Just missed, Just missed the cut. But what happened was, after I didn't get to wear that outfit on episode six, I ended up wearing that one for the finale. So, and good God, thank God she did. Yes, because, because it's oh, stunning. The video of you as... <laughs> As the Queen's passed away. <laughs> I hope Viola posts this online when she I posts am. the looks from the finale. Of course I am. Um, my Queen. Oh, it would have already come out. Queen. It would have already come out. Yeah, yeah. That video of you <laughs> in your finale look. D- my Queen. My, my queen. queen. It was so, so funny. And I remember seeing it like way back, way back before the final episode came out. Because obviously we were just, you. I think you were just so excited to show us. Yeah. And just, you looked incredible. Mm, I was really happy with the outfit. And I'd, but I'd that's, ne- that's the, the memory I have of that outfit. Yeah. Not the episode. Me too. The, just you talking about the queen dying. Yeah. <laughs> my queen. But that's that dress with all the blue gingham and stuff. That's what I was meant to sing. Uh, Somewhere over, Somewhere the, over rainbow. the rainbow. So that's the one I was most excited for because it was like this massive big ball gown. I can see why. Beautiful. It's the most gorgeous I've seen you ever. Yeah. It was beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And obviously that the pink coat gown in episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Really happy with that one. But you know, the one I didn't get to show that I was very, very excited for was what was meant to be my finale gown. Yeah. Which is that dark blue gown, which... Yes. Yeah. I have seen. That will be posted by now. And you still need to... I need to rhinestone it. You don't have to put that in because hopefully <laughs> by this time it will be rhinestoned, posted, edited, done. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's the one I was meant to sing Memory in from Cats. Uh, what episode was that supposed to be? Finale. The finale episode. That was episode. my finale song. Okay. Work. Um, I wasn't really comfortable with it, but like to be truthfully honest, I I didn't see myself getting to the end. No, no. What about? So obviously, I feel like your thoughts and feelings. This is a question, actually, more so than a statement. Did your thoughts and feelings change before you were there? When you got there, as you were going through, what did you think? Like, well, or oh, maybe was, I could do this. I was so excited by it, and mm. to me that high of oh my god i'm on queen of the universe has not ever stopped yeah so the feeling of wanting to get anywhere more than that point has not i've not really had that feeling because i've been like this is such a great achievement in myself that genuinely if i had gone on on the first one or two weeks in i would 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 be be fine i would have been miffed but i would have been absolutely fine yeah because i I was just so happy with what i'd got where i'd got to anyway 
mm-hmm. that I knew that if I saw someone else going through what I was going through, the advice I would give them is just be happy you're fucking there. Yeah. So I just tried to listen to my my own advice really. Yeah. And um, what's that like? Oh, it's <laughs> it's it's easy sometimes, difficult <laughs> other times. Yeah. No. But, um. Yeah. So I was really happy with just being there, being there in the first place. Yeah. Uh. So the idea of going first or going last never really crossed my mind because going last being winning, <laughs> go as in getting to the end, yeah. getting to the top three, because. Yeah, I had never really contemplated the idea. Not because I never thought it was going to happen, but just because I was so at peace with where I was in the Queen of the Universe journey Mm -hmm. that why would I sit here and try and hope and that I get to the end when I've not even got to the top four yet. That's true. Like That's, I, I take took, every each day as it comes. Yes. So I never ever felt like, oh, I want to get to this episode. It was always I want to get to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's how everyone was feeling? Um, no. I think <laughs> <laughs> that was very quick. No, I think there were lots of queens there that were oh I'm pissed I didn't get to the end or I'm pissed that I didn't do this Name. or something. <laughs> was fuming. Chloe was disappointed, but rightly so. And on the whole elimination thing, yeah, and heading back to the hotel and everything mm. like that, you mustn't have had very long to wait for the final episode, surely. So you've got I you left on season uh, on episode five, yes. And there's how many episodes altogether? There's eight, eight episodes, but only seven days of filming because the first two were split up. Yeah, exactly. Seven days of filming altogether. Yeah. So you've only really missed three episodes of filming. Two episodes. Two Two. episodes. Because six and seven. Oh, six and seven were filmed at the same time. So there was a week and a half of filming whilst I was in it, Mm -hmm. then a week off, and then it was rehearsals for the finale. Oh, wow. So, um, and I, I felt like I had a really comfortable journey, actually, because I went from going to a top six to a bottom five because you're not allowed to see the queens the the eliminated queens and the queens still in the show aren't allowed to interact at the hotel okay so i went from spending my the premier days in. say again the premier in i'm not allowed to reveal where we stayed was it a premier in <laughs> oh bloody gorgeous absolutely like that's fab the tv was the size of that wall oh my god yeah that's fabulous it was fantastic sleeping in style yeah. Oh, it was it was great. I loved my stay there. Yeah. And it was... Um, Free holiday. Yeah. You may as well have been on a cruise. It was hotel breakfast every day. <sighs> those hash browns. Love my CC. You know how much I love those hash browns. And Love my CC taught me how to eat a hash brown proper. You get some um, brown sauce, put it on the hash brown, yeah. and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> the the, um, the Dutch way. The Dutch way, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I felt like I had a really comfortable time because I had an equal amount of time on the show as I did off the show. Yeah. And I went from a group of six to a group of five. Mm -hmm. So rather than Chloe, who had a group of 10 to a group of two. Yeah. So it was was really nice having the support of those queens who had already gone the time before me. But I was also thinking, oh my God, I'm feeling terrible right now in this few days after the elimination. Mm Mm-hmm. You must have felt more terrible with that, with less support from other queens. So, yeah. Um, yeah, God only knows how she dealt her militia, love, and Mrs. Strato in those days. Yeah. Because, um, obviously, everyone dreams of being on Drag Race and hates the idea of being sent home. But the actual feeling of being sent home 
was all you can think of in that moment is, oh my God, if I had made it one more episode, I would have been able to show this. There's always that. And that's never going to stop. Day. In the same way that I always wanted to get make it to the next episode, the only thing I regretted was the episode that I missed. Yeah. So I didn't. Actually, I don't have any regrets about episode seven and eight because. Well, you don't know because you like if yeah. you'd have left on episode six, I would have been feeling the exact same thing for episode seven. And arguably, you might have felt even worse because it was your favorite outfit and the the song you were most excited to sing. Yeah. So you could have would have shoulda. Mm. I think you did incredibly. Really, really nice placement. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah, you did the UK all. proud. Yeah, I did. So, and listen, I've said this from the start, since you told me you were going on a cruise, to now, when the season's all out and it's all been aired, and we've found the next queen of the universe, there wasn't any other UK queen there. Yeah. That is an achievement itself. Mm. You beat everyone else out. I don't know who you beat out, but... You. <laughs> I, I wasn't competition you. because I wasn't trying. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's the stance I'll take for now. I wanted to go on together. Oh, it would have been nice, but yeah. they don't have the budget for two of us. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> I would have gone for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about with regards to the show? Because we're coming towards the end of the episode. So. Yeah, well, I think just that going on from the elimination, I just want to say a thank you to the other queens that were that, that were there supporting me through that time because mm-hmm. it really was a, a, a quick turnaround in the way I was feeling. It was mm-hmm. only a day or two before I was feeling absolutely fine again with the elimination. Mm-hmm. And that is completely due to the, to the queens I was surrounded by because um, I was feeling terrible that night, but, you know, I was back in contact with you very soon after that time. Mm-hmm. I then came and saw you my first day back in Manchester. And yeah. those few weeks after the show, I still was feeling the high of, oh my God, I'm on Queen of the Universe. So, and, that, and that's the overwhelming, resounding feeling. Yeah. And not that, oh, I got eliminated. Because yeah. someone... You know it's going to happen, ten queen, Nine queens have to get eliminated. Yeah. And you got you were one of the ten. Mm. And that's, that. as I've said before, and I'll say again, I'll say a thousand times, that is the achievement enough. Yeah. That is the achievement in itself. Yes. So you should be very, very proud of Thank yourself. Thank you so much, lovely. I am very, very proud. I'm very happy. Yeah. And I wouldn't have changed a thing for the world because at the end of the day, I'm happy with the kind of person I've become after the show which is a rotted horrible <laughs> revolting person car full of herself yeah filthy won't little car <laughs> won't stop talking about the violin <laughs> do you know she plays the violin and the flute electric she's a flautist and, a, and a, what's the, 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 a kazooist a kazooist completely sounds like a I think kazooer someone who works in a kangaroo zoo kazooist kazooist yeah i don't know I've anyway yeah, I've got nothing else to say. Um, yeah, I think that's been I a think, lovely, lovely little chat, hasn't it? Absolutely. To be honest, I thought we were going to dish so much more, but the dishing goes on behind the behind yeah. the scenes. So, and that kind of dishing, I can't even share with you anyway. So, <laughs> true. Yeah. Well, anyway, I always like to ask my guests uh, to give me some final words. So, do you have any final words for the listeners before we sign off? Hmm. It's okay if you don't, but no, I, I think it's I'm unlike gonna, you to not have words. I'm going to come up with something witty. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll come back in five minutes once I've made a coffee. Um, my final words for the Safe House podcast with Popular slash Danielle Mooney would be keep calm, play the violin, and and if you're ever feeling terrible, 
find the best ballad you can and belt your heart out. Ah. That wasn't witty, but it was nice. Yeah. It was lovely. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Have you enjoyed yourself? I've really enjoyed it. Good, good. Everyone says it's like a therapy session, but um, I don't have a license for that, so. It has been therapy. Do you need to get paid for it? I mean, my blanket statement is if I'm good at something, get paid for it. So if you feel therapized, then I'll invoice you later. (laughs) Actually, I really don't. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She backtracks. Well, yeah, it's been lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me come join. Absolutely. And um, I'll see you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now. Fabulous. Stunning. (gasps) It's not been recording. Kidding.